Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your cause upon Morning, Andrew. Hey there, Edwin. How you doing today? Fantastic. I am excited to continue our discussion of Psalm 20 and this powerful prayer. Mm-hmm. I think it might be good. Yesterday we talked about it on the level of how it would have been used in the ancient times mm-hmm. with King David or Solomon or Jehoshaphat we mentioned. Right. So we might think that it's not a modern prayer. I'd kind of like us to think in terms of modern and maybe think about our king. So as we Our King Jesus. Yeah. So as we as we read through this, let's think about this as the king and our king as All well. Right. So I'm reading today from the NIV. It says, May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. May he remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings. May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. We will shout for joy when you are victorious and will lift up our banners in the name of our God. May the Lord grant all your requests. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He answers him from his holy heaven with the saving power of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They are brought to their knees and fall, but we rise up and stand firm. O Lord, save the king. Answer us when we call. So thinking about our king and King Jesus, a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Number one... I've got a marginal note in mind. I noticed the NIV and the New King James say the same thing here in verse number six, that I know the Lord saves his anointed, uses the word anointed. Mm -hmm. But my marginal note says that that is Messiah. Yeah, so the word Messiah, that and it so means that, anointed. Right, right. And so I, I, it's very easy for me to to see Jesus here. And yes. as, as we've often said on the podcast this season— this psalm is about Jesus. Um, <laughs> almost all of them are. Almost all of them are. Okay, here's the second thing, though. And this is where I, I'm reading something different okay. in, in the New King James translation than, say, the NIV or maybe another one that we've read this week. So here in the New King James, verse 9 says, Save, save, Lord. And in fact, it even has an exclamation point. Save, Lord. May the king answer us when we call. Mm, yes. But mm-hmm. that was that was different than what you just read there. Right. So that, the NIV, was, and, and you're right, the ESV that we read earlier this week, I think the, the Christian Standard Bible also said it this way. This says, O Lord, save the king. Answer us when we call. So that's interesting. You know, when I'm reading save, Lord, I mean, that sounds like I'm invoking the Lord's salvation, I guess perhaps more generally. Mm-hmm. And then it says, may the king answer us when we call. And so, you know, my my invocation on the king's behalf and the king will return from the battle and the king does answer, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's a little different picture I see there. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that question up because that really leads into what I wanted to talk about today with this psalm anyway. Okay. And so what we have here at the end of the psalm, if I understand it correctly, again, Mm -hmm. I don't know Hebrew, but if I understand it correctly from some of the things (laughs) I've I've looked at in preparation for our conversations, there are some manuscriptal differences, more specifically between what we have as Hebrew manuscripts and what we have as Greek manuscripts. Uh, In the main, the Masoretic text, I think it is, has which essentially is, which is a Hebrew manuscript, which is the Hebrew manuscript, right. yeah, has this idea, oh Lord, save the king. Mm-hmm. Uh, excuse me, excuse me, 
has Lord save, save Lord save yeah, Lord save Lord, whereas the Greek has it Lord save the King, and it's it's the way the lines are set up, and it's the way uh, the the phrasing is established. It mm-hmm. it has it Lord save, mm-hmm. may the King answer us. And you know it's interesting to me the ESV it's almost like it tries to mingle these two ideas. So the ESV says, "Oh Lord save the King, may He answer us when we call." So it allows for the king being the one that's saved, but it also allows for the king being the one who's answering. Mm. Whereas the NIV, Lord save the king, answer us when we call. So as the NIV presents it, it has that more Greek idea, save the king, Lord, you answer us when we call. The New King James has that more Hebrew rendition, save, Lord, mm-hmm. may the king answer us when we call. The ESV kind of tries to mingle them, it looks like, <laughs> and get get kill two birds with one stone. Well, when I, when I think of, of our king... King Jesus, mm-hmm. okay? I am looking for him to save. Yeah. And he is the Lord. Yeah. And he is the king. Yes. And I need the king to answer when I call, yes. answer in prayer. I see Jesus all over this song. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the things. I, so that that the the translation, the record that has it as save Lord, may the King answer us. Uh I think that's another one of those places that should be driving us to realize, okay, there was an application to David. There's an application to Solomon and Rehoboam and Jehoshaphat and how they were supposed to govern and lead and go out to battle and what Mm -hmm. they should do when they were Mm -hmm. going out to battle. But this, the, the way this ends, I think it's supposed to call to mind we're not just talking about David. Okay, okay. This anointed, we are not just talking about the prophet, priest, and king as God's anointed. We are talking about the ultimate of God's anointed. And so we might look at this psalm and say, wow, this is a really cool psalm. What a great psalm for them to pray back about David or Solomon or Rehoboam or the king that God had established back then. But it's really not a prayer for us. We're kind of, we're reading this for historical curiosity and satisfaction and learning. And oh, I'm sure we can make some application. I want to say, no, this is very much a modern prayer. This this is a prayer that we should be praying and we should be praying it about our king. Well, I think it is the the beauty and I guess the benefit of being a Christian, of living on this side of the cross. And here we have this New Testament and this gospel, which helps us understand and interpret these things in the Old Testament. Of course, we're supposed to see Jesus in this psalm. And when I see Jesus in this psalm, think about this part of the prayer. May he remember all your offerings and regard with favor your burnt sacrifices. What's the offering and sacrifice that Jesus gave? Yeah, he gave himself. He gave himself. And it's now, I, you know, we come back to that place where people are saying, well, God's automatically going to do that. Why would we pray for that? Well, remember one of the things we said early on this week is that our heart's desire is supposed to come alongside God's heart's desire and come in line with him. Well, what is his heart's desire? His heart's desire is to save his people. Yeah. His heart's desire was so strongly to save his people. He sent his son Jesus to be the sacrifice, to be the burnt offering for his people. And so when we are praying that God regard the offering, we're praying for God to do what he promised he would, and that's us coming in line with his will and his way. Well, and even the apostle teaches us in Romans 12 to present ourselves as living sacrifices. We are to be like Christ in laying our life down in service to him. But think about how this even fits even more with the psalm, because in the psalm it comes later and says, some trust in horses and some in chariots. Mm-hmm. We trust in the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. When we go back and we're praying that God would give regard to 
the king's sacrifice and we're thinking about Jesus, mm-hmm. we're not asking God to give regard to how awesome I am. Right. We're not saying, Lord, look at me. I've built up an army. Look at me. Look at how strong I've become. Look at my horses. Look at my chariots. Look at look at my money. Look at my whatever, my health, my wealth, my whatever. I, look at me and and give regard to that, Lord. No, no. Lord, give regard to our king's sacrifice, because that's the thing that's going to save and deliver me, and and I'm putting my hope in that. And hopefully we are still those who call upon the name of the Lord. It's those that call upon the name of the Lord that will be saved. We mentioned Ephesians chapter 6 earlier in the week. Yeah, that's right. And the battle that is taking place with the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places and the the powers over the cosmic powers over this present darkness and and all of those authorities and those rulers. There is a battle going on even now. Yeah. Can I build on yeah, that? Yeah, please do. Yeah, so in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. We do war, and it's an ongoing warfare, but we have a completely different armory than carnal weapons. And I think what we're seeing, particularly in this psalm, is that the mighty weapon is prayer. Yes. Calling upon the Lord, trusting in our King, and the battle is His. Here's what concerns me, and this will tie back to what we talked about on Monday, though I don't think we said this quite as pointedly on Monday. The... Atheist, agnostic, skeptic approach to Christians and prayer is one of belittling prayer, mm. one of uh, even even in all that we've been dealing with over the last year, as Christians have talked about prayer for the virus against the virus and prayer, some, you know, whatever things they might say. Well, you know, you Christians, you go pray. We're going to work on these things over here, which, number one, misunderstands prayer, misunderstands what Christians do when they pray. And and we've talked about that before. But what concerns me is how often I have actually the exact same mindset. I just don't recognize it. Mm. I wouldn't say it out loud. Yeah. But my actions through lack of prayer through minimal prayer, through kind of a checkbox of prayer, or using prayer almost like the rubber stamp. I, I got to get my 30 seconds of prayer in here at the beginning of our meeting and at the end of our meeting, instead of maybe having some meeting that, look, this is prayer. This is a meeting for prayer. The meeting is pr- a the, prayer meeting. A prayer meeting. We're, we're meeting today to pray mm-hmm. because we understand that nothing else we do is going to matter as much as getting God, God involved in what we do. Mm-hmm. And so we've got people who are honest enough to admit, we don't think prayer accomplishes much, then we've got a bunch of people that won't admit that, but our lives say that. As prayer becomes this checklist, I, 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 and I'm not saying that you've got to spend 23 and a half hours a day on your knees, though the Bible does talk about praying without ceasing, that idea that that prayer is this ongoing, continual, repeated habit. So, so you're not against it either. I'm not against that either. <laughs> but, I, you know, the, the, the point is... I look at my own life and realize how even as much as I've had a mental emphasis on prayer, that I have fallen way short on an actual practicing emphasis on prayer, of realizing that what's going to make the congregation grow? God. Mm. What's what's going to defeat the enemies of God's people? Well, God. And how am I going to be victorious over sin? 
Well, God's going to have to do that. If, if I'm willing to say all of that, then what I need to be doing is spending a lot of time calling on God, mm-hmm. praying, mm-hmm. being down on my knees in my prayer closet with my family praying, realizing that that's where victory is found. And I've got a king that that whose heart is in line with the heart of God because my king is God. Right. And, right. and his, his heart is God's heart. And so I know that God is going to be with him. And so I abide in him in prayer and 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 having that as just a key aspect of my life and my day I, I, you know okay yeah. I, I I was trying to toss the softball over to you see if you had anything said about it but you you took too long so I'm going to say one more thing <laughs> <laughs> I think about when the apostles uh-huh. and and the widows in Acts chapter 6 came to them and said hey some of our hellenistic widows are not being taken care of and the apostles said you know what find somebody else to deal with that because we've got to spend our time in prayer in the ministry of the word. They were praying so much that they said, somebody else is going to have to take care of the widows. We don't have time. We're praying. Mm-hmm. That's, that's this kind of praying. That's this kind of seeking the Lord on behalf of our king and the victory that he's going to bring us. Well, I think we've seen, again, the most dangerous place to stand in Tampa is between you and a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> One of. One of. One of. One of. The other is between me and my coffee. I'm going to take a little drink of this coffee while, while I let you say something. That sounds great. We're so glad that you've listened to the podcast today. These have been some wonderful, wonderful meditations. Uh, I hope you take them into your prayer closet. We're going to have a word of prayer now. Our great God and Father, thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you, Father, for the avenue of prayer. Father, as we read over this psalm, we are reminded again of our Savior, our Lord, our King Jesus. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he taught us to pray, that he modeled prayer. Thank you, Father, that we find him again and again in these psalms, that he lives now and ever to intercede for us, our high priest. God, thank you for Jesus. And our prayer is that we might grow and enrich in a prayer life that is just solely reliant upon it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.